awesome. Can everyone hear me? Cool. So I don't know if a hectically fluttering heart and a completely dry mouth has anything to do with peace, Kruben, but I'll take it. So, And let's see how we go. But um, really a, a privilege. Uh, I'm always in awe of, 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 of being able to be here um, and share God's word with us as a church. So I'm trusting that God will use me tonight um, and that he will... Yeah, share what's on his heart for us. Um, the this morning, Dave kicked us off with a, a message of on kindness, and I'm going to pick up and continue with that this evening. And um, I've I've titled my message "The Power of Ki- uh, Kindness That That Transforms Lives." Um, and my deep heart's desire and prayer for us tonight is that we would we would catch the simplicity and the power of God's kindness that can bring about transformation in our lives and in the lives of the world around us. I'm extremely tired. I just want to put that out there, not as an excuse, but I'm probably going to read a lot of my notes tonight as opposed to just sharing out there. But um, this topic of kindness, initially I really wrestled with it. And I was like, you know, how do you preach on kindness? It's like, it's like not rocket science, you know what I mean? It's like kindness. Be kind to someone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Um, The spots were right in my eyes. Um, This thing of being kind, just smiling at someone, you know, noticing someone's haircuts, just um, whatever it is, just being generous, um, being loving, phoning a friend, phoning a stranger that you haven't spoken to for months and just telling them that you're thinking about, stuff like that. And... um, so, you know, we, have, we live in this life where, you know, Dave spoke this morning about we live in this, this really cruel world. But what I wanted to pick up a little bit on tonight was, was, was living in this place of judgment versus this place of kindness. And, and, and I speak for myself, um, uh, not to the better part of me, but um, my family can attest to the fact that sometimes I'm like, eh, why did you do it that way? What's this? Couldn't you have done it that way, et cetera, et cetera. Love you, Andrew. Um, and, um, you know, we, we, we so often question people about what's wrong about what they're doing and who they are, and very seldom affirm people for the good that's in them. Um, and yes, there's a time and a place for calling people out. I mean, that's biblical in Scripture, uh, to call people out, to encourage them, to call them to a better life. Um, but I think so often we do that from our own limited perspective, and, and that can cause so much, calm, um, so much harm versus good. Um, and, and for me, the, the alternative way or the other way is, is, is an act of kindness that leads to change and repentance. Jesus' life was more about kindness than judgment. Sure, there are cases where he did judge, but on the whole, he lived a life of compassion, love, justice, and kindness, and I want to pick that up a little bit later in Scripture. So in context of my own life, some of the acts of kindness I recall really well were um, when Leanne and I had essentially come to the end of our finances uh, because of an unsuccessful business venture, which was God's interesting way of bringing us to PE, but that's another story. And um, by God's grace and the love of the church, we lived rent-free across the road here and those uh, houses opposite our, our, our parking lot, 
And just during that time, we were just exposed to so many generous acts of kindness. Um, I remember receiving like a bunch of groceries from Woolworths, which like just broke my heart. <laughs> um, in that time, I, I got given a scooter so that we could get around because we'd sold our cars and everything just to be able to live. Um, and then there was a season of my life where I received deep forgiveness from God, my wife, the church, uh, family, and friends um, after a season of sin and rebellion um, in my life. And it was really those people's love and acceptance of me that helped restore me and bring me back into a place of wholeness. Um, those are the deep-seated acts of kindness in our life. And then there are times where a friend just gave me a, a bicycle and um, other times where um, I, um, a friend carved an oak table for me out of an old oak stump. Um, times where my wife just gave me a back rub, my boys when they were young and cute, sharing their sweets with me. Um, some of you may still think they're cute, but nonetheless. Um, um, to, to a stranger offering to help me when I had an accident on my motorbike. You know, it's just those random things. You wipe out and people just stop and they help you. It just sort of comes out of people. Um, to, to another time where, where maybe I didn't really want help because my pride was more very hurt, but I'd gone cycling for the first time with cleats. Any of you know about cycling? Cleats hook into the pedals. And I'd come up to a robot and I was saying to myself, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. And I got to the robot and sure as nuts, I couldn't get my foot out. <laughs> And there I was lying like a tortoise, you know, on the side of the road. And people stop. Are you okay? It's like, just, just, you know, go away. I'm fine. But nonetheless, you know, acts of kindness. Um, and I think for me, the relevance of sharing that story is, or those stories, is, is in it all, in these instances, I think one of the most profound things for me in, in terms of people's acts of kindness, um, and probably most of all Jesus's, but we'll get to that, is that I felt seen. I felt noticed. I felt cared for. I felt loved. I felt recognized. Valued as a person. The significance for each of us of finding a place like that where we are recognized for far more than what we are or what we do. To know that we're not just a nobody or someone that just exists in life to fulfill a bunch of roles and responsibilities. And so for me, one of the most profound things of kindness is being seen and being recognized and being accepted. And then I just wanted to reflect on the flip side of that coin where I've been privileged enough to, to be kind to others. Um, and, and, um, often it's cost me nothing, um, you know, a word of encouragement, sending a voice note to someone, just telling them how amazing they are, um, you're a great dad, Kruven, um, and just that you're thinking of them, um, then there have been instances where it has cost me, and there's that saying that kindness costs nothing, and, and, and in many ways that is absolutely true, so I don't want to discredit from that. But there are times where kindness costs us, 
Sometimes it's been my pride, and I'll share a story around that. Sometimes it's been time. Other times it's been effort. Sometimes it takes effort to be kind. You know what I mean? With as much admiration for my wife as possible or my children. But, you know, when you're having those moments, it's very hard to be kind. It's much easier just to go, mm, smack the person or, you know, lash them with a word from your tongue or something as opposed to being kind. Um, so it does take time. It does take effort. And sometimes it takes money. But the joy and the reward of that far exceeds anything that I've experienced in life. The joy of giving, the joy of kindness is just so amazing. And we'll talk a bit about that in a little bit as well. The time where um, I was disobedient to the Lord and it cost me um, in more ways than not because I, I chose not to be kind was I was visiting another church and it wasn't here, it was in Durban. Um, and it was quite a... Um, I love the bride of Christ, so it's hard for me to judge another church. But but the scenario was that a homeless person walked in, and I felt God telling me to invite them to sit next to me. But I felt awkward because I was in a new church, and I would have made a scene because the service had already started, so I had all the excuses in the world for not being kind. And as a result, the street person sat next to someone else. And as a result, because it was quite a, I don't know if stoic's the right word, but it was quite a stuffy church, the guy got thrown out. And, and there was an opportunity of kindness that I missed. You know, and, and see how easy it is for us not to be kind in context of our circumstances or the world and not judging that church because I believe we're all like that. There, there are moments in all our lives where we miss opportunities to be kind because we're worried about man or we're worried about this or we don't have the time or we have to get somewhere or we've got an appointment to keep or we're offended by alcoholics and therefore won't spend time with them. Or as Chris's stories, how uncomfortable it is to minister to a prostitute on the street as a priest with people walking past like, oh, what are you doing with the prostitute stuff up? That was from Easter camp for those who weren't there. So, so yeah, they're, they're these moments. So to get back to scripture um, and more on this thing of kindness, um, Jesus' act of kindness to us wasn't without cost. Jesus' act of kindness to us was the ultimate price of death. So in Strong's, in Acts 28.2, I think we're going to put that up, uh, Rose. Um, in Acts 28.2, the scripture is, and, and I want to look more behind the scripture, the islanders showed us extraordinary kindness. They kindled the fire and welcomed all of us because it was raining and cold. This particular word, um, in the Greek, if I understand correctly, Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong, translates as philanthropia. Um, and it compares, there are two meanings to it, and I'll come to the second one. But it talks about like being um, philanthropic. <laughs> okay, for those listening online, just rewind. <laughs> Philanthropical or philanthropist meaning a love for mankind, being hospitable, acts of kindness, readiness to help, human friendship, benevolence, and taking care or thought for others. The word is a compound of filio, being love, or anthropos, being man. Then in Titus 3.4, or 3.4 through to 7, um, 
It reads, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might be heirs, having the hope of eternal life. And again, there's that word kindness. Um, and just the, 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 the philanthropists in, in used to describe God's loving kindness toward men. Okay, and then in Galatians 5.22, we have Christotis. Is that right, Dave? Christotis, something like that. And, and this is goodness in action. Okay, sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, benevolence, basically tolerance towards others, kindness, affability, the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing our patients. Hmm. Enough. Thank you. Um, so, again, this New Testament Greek word translates as grace, best represents the idea of God's kindness and his loving kindness. Because God has been kind to us, we should treat all people with kindness or grace. All people have been created in the image and should therefore be treated accordingly, no matter how badly they have twisted or deformed that image. You get that? We twist and deform God's image all the time because of our sinful natures. And so often we judge others based on that, when in reality, everyone we meet, to quote Leanne Nixon James, is everyone we meet or whose eyes we look into is worthy of the love of Jesus. Everyone. It's not exclusively for us Christians because we wouldn't be Christians if it wasn't for God who loved us first. And I think that's really important for us to acknowledge and recognize. And this thing of loving kindness and grace is not an apathetic response to sin, but a deliberate act of revealed grace in the hope of bringing people to God. The power of kindness. Each of us has a really amazing opportunity through kindness to share the love of God and to bring opportunity of hope and transformation for people's lives. So we see this demonstration of God's kindness throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And the Old Testament was God's long-suffering. As a connect group, we've just been reading through the book of Exodus. <laughs> yes, aren't we a stiff-necked people, all of us, eh? But just how God just loved and loved and loved and loved and loved on his people like he does today. He continues to pour out his love and grace on us that we might come into a place of repentance and relationship with him. And then in the New Testament, there's a whole lot of sort of scripture that I want to share about that quickly references God's kindness and goodness towards us. How are we doing time-wise? Um, so um, God's always shown divine mercy and forgiveness to us as sinners through his kindness. In Galatians 5.22, we have the fruit of the Spirit, which talks of God's kindness. Then we have kindness, the characteristic that led God to provide salvation for us. It was God's kindness, and there are a lot of scriptures I can go through, but I'm not going to go through all of them now for sake of time. 
But again, one can reference Titus 3, 4 through 7, Romans 2 to 4, Romans 11 to 22, um, where out of God's kindness, he brought us to a place of salvation. God's kindness leads us into green pastures, quiet waters, and restoration of our souls. It's God's tender care that makes him want to gather us under his wings to protect, keep him close to us. It's kindness that leads the good shepherd to rescue us when we stray. And it's kindness who gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. So when we exhibit the kindness of God, we are tender, benevolent, and useful to others. Every action, every word, can have the flavor of grace in it. And sometimes it's hard enough for us to love those that we love, <laughs> how much more so to love those that we don't know or our enemies or those that are different to us. Three examples in Scripture that I want to look at quickly and then I'll bring it to a close with a conclusion is out of Jesus' life. And I haven't given this to you, Rose. But in, in Matthew 8, 1 to 4, it's a story of the leper where Jesus touched the untouchable. Yeah? Leprosy was transformed by touch. No problem for Jesus. Just touch the guy to heal him. Okay? In that moment, in one touch, Jesus breaks all laws and boundaries set by society and touches the untouchable. In one touch, Jesus not only heals him, but gives him the gift of being clean. We've been called into that same ministry with Jesus through acts of kindness. There have been many articles uh, around psychology, uh, one of them out of Psychology Today, which talks about um, the act of touch. And just how through touch we can express joy, love, gratitude, and sympathy towards people. How easy is it then just for us to give a purposeful hug or a high five or a gentle squeeze of the hand just to affirm someone or to let someone know that they're loved and they're cared for and that they're seen? Simple acts, hey guys, for all of us. Then Jesus spent time with the rejected, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, etc., then, of course, Jesus was different. Um, example being of those things I've just mentioned, but, but another one that I want to highlight is Luke 19, which is the story of Zacchaeus, as we all know. And Jesus didn't condemn or challenge Zacchaeus for what he did. He demonstrated his kindness towards Zacchaeus. And as a result of Jesus' kindness towards Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus repents and says he'll fix what he's done wrong. Jesus is kindness and love, not his judgment. And then another one is, um, you know, just Jesus showing um, compassion to the suffering, and there are many examples of that, uh, healing the blind, healing the sick. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to go into that because of, of time. So what's the relevance of understanding God's kindness for us? 
in the three stories that I've shared, along with my own stories from my own life, we see the power of kindness and its impact on people's lives. Jesus demonstrates that if we step outside of our lives and create acts of kindness to the unsuspecting, the undeserving, or the hurting, we could and can change the world. We could make the world a community where love, joy, and healing flow in broken places. A life with the type of resume that changes the world. And, um, you know, Chris referenced something on Easter camp which really hit home to me, and, and Dave touched on it this morning as well. Um, and that is uh, the couple that moved from whatever country, babe, help me. Can't remember. Okay, but anyway, there's a couple living in some country, and they moved to America. Um, and they're living in a country where there was rape and persecution and everything else for Christians. And the wife actually wanted to move back to that country after being in America because she said, like, the churches and the churches that they're going to were dead because Christians were being kind to Christians, which is great and good. God calls us to love each other, but he also calls us to go out there into the broken and, and hurting world. And again, how much opportunity do we have? We don't have to be evangelists. We don't have to be pastors. We can be all those things, and those things are good. But every one of us can be kind in the context and situation where we're at to change the world. Um, so the attribute of God is something God desires to be demonstrated in and through us. I mean, after all, we are his kids. We're his disciples, and we're his priests. We're his tangible hands and feet here on earth. It is the quality of being friendly, doing good, being generous, considerate of others ahead of yourself, and doing no harm. Kindness is the intentional, intentional voluntary acts of kindness and thoughtful deeds towards others. Kindness is, a li li kindness is like a life vest to many who are hurting, lost, and confused. Kindness helps us find value in who we are and what we do. Yeah? Kindness helps us find value in who we are and what we do. Kindness is the lens through which we can see other people. And then kindness, like I said, has been scientifically proven to make a difference. It releases oxytocin in our bodies. And the more kind we are, the more kind we become. The more kind deeds we do, the kinder we become, and so it goes. I remember once um, I was driving here by Builders, and there were two guys that needed money. And, uh, you know, I normally just, you know, uh, you know, whatever, let's be vulnerable. I normally just do the 10 or 20 rand thing, sometimes even the 5 rand thing, shame on me. But this particular day, I had about 300 rand in my wallet, and I felt God say, share the whole 300 rand. And uh, that's still not a lot. But when I did, these guys totally broke down and were just totally emotional about it and how it would help them survive for the next few days on the street. And what the deposit was in me was I wanted to go and draw all my money from the bank and go and give it away to everyone that I found. Maybe by God's grace, I'll do that one day. But just the point of that good feeling makes us want to do more of it. So I encourage you to do that. God, sorry, kindness also then restores our faith in each other and can point people to Jesus. So how do we respond to this challenge of being kind? 
remember your place of work, your place of school, um, every day, in, in your everyday life, is merely a stage from which we can influence the lives of others. Then this scripture, which I think is really cool, talking about how we can be kind to our enemy. You have heard that it is said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn them the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to one who asks you and do not turn away from one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Enough, yeah? For all of us. It's easy to be kind to people we love and who are kind to us. But God calls us to be kind to those outside of that realm so that they may be brought into that realm through acts of kindness and generosity. Okay. So for me, in closing, kindness is so much more than being kind. Kindness has been sacrificial. It involves intention and commitment. And it is for everyone. No exclusions. It is something we can all do. Sometimes it costs us nothing. Other time, it costs us our will and our choice to surrender to God's ways, not our ways. And when given in love, it genuinely and truly transforms lives. In Jesus' final moments on the cross, three acts of kindness. He says, Father God, or Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Here's a man, he's been beaten, kicked, slapped, spat on. I don't know how much blood he had left in him to carry the cross at that point in time if you look at the passion of the cross. And yet in his moment of pain and anguish and separation from God, he's still able to say, God, forgive them because of his kindness. He gives salvation to the sinner next to him on the cross. And he pairs John up with Mary in terms of an act of um, um, yeah, um, relationship for the two of them in his absence. All birthed in a place of love, God's love for us, fulfilled through Christ's surrender. Not your will, Father, but my will be done. Your, not my will, but your will be done, Father God. The problem is. The challenge for all of us is despite God living in us, we're more interested in making, we're more interested in our lives being happy than making God happy. And we're more concerned about ourselves because we've been more programmed by the world systems than God's economy. Yet we have the living God residing in us, the Holy Spirit, powerful, mighty, and bold, full of 
the capacity to live a life of kindness towards others, motivated in love and conditioned by our surrender to self. Our acts of kindness carried out in genuine love for others is our witness and testimony to the world that gives lives, sorry, that God lives and loves for, and more importantly, cares for. So what are we going to do in the everyday, the day-to-day, that will allow us to participate in this power of kindness that transforms lives to impact the world around us? Are we going to live by the purpose of the cross and what Jesus did in that? Or are we going to live a life protected and comforted by our existence and our excuses? Jesus chose to die on the cross in surrender to his Father and the love and kindness he had for us. How much more should we surrender our lives to him that we can be kind to the world around us? No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. A tree is known by its fruit, a man by his deeds. A good deed is never lost. He who sows courtesy reaps friendship, and he who plants kindness gathers love. A quote by Mark Twain, a little more kindness, a little less speed, a little more giving, a little less greed, a little more smile, a little less frown, a little less kicking, a man while he's down, a little more we, a little less I, a little more laugh, a little less cry, a little more flowers on the pathway of life, and fewer on graves at the end of strife. So in closing, this last one. I've learned silence from the talkative, toleration from the intolerant, and kindness from the unkind. Yet, strange, I'm ungrateful to those teachers. May we not be ungrateful to the teacher of life, Jesus Christ. May we not lose out on the opportunity of his kindness towards us in the act of the cross, motivated in his love, to be kind to the world around us. So as we go into time of worship now, I just would like to encourage you all just to participate in God's kingdom by being kind to one another. And if you get a word of knowledge, or if you feel you just need to go and give someone a hug, I invite you into that act of kindness tonight. And then take that act of kindness out with you into the world and into this week. And if anyone feels that they'd like to be re-empowered by the Spirit to live an act of kindness at school, in the workplace, at spa, on the side of the road, wherever you are, then I invite you to come forward for some prayer later on. Awesome. So I'm just going to pray, and then we can lead into worship, Warwick. Come up, Warwick. <clears throat> yeah? Uh, you know, as, as Darren was sharing about how impactful kindness is, can we stand?
I just felt that um, some of us find it hard to be kind to others or easier to be kind to others than we do to ourselves. And if, if it's such an impactful thing to be kind to others, how much more to ourselves, you know? And um, I was thinking, as Darren shared, that um, love, hey, love is patient, love is kind. And I think we need to be kind to ourselves. And I just felt that if, while we do worship and Darren prays, if you feel that you have to be kind to others, but you're struggling to be kind to yourself, I'd love you to take the opportunity to be bold and come forward. Let us pray with you and just release um, whatever lie the enemy has spoken about yourself to you so you can step into that space of loving yourself and being kind to yourself. Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. Is that okay? I love it when you guys respond. <laughs> it's very lonely up here when you guys don't smile at us. Okay. So, yeah, I um, I never, never, never let my heart get the better of me tonight. I sort of just gave it quite a, um, yeah, a rehearsed message, as it were. But my prayer really is that we'd catch the heart of what it means to be kind. Because kindness really, really is what transforms our lives. Kruven spoke about being kind to yourselves. God's scripture is it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his gentleness. And God always has time for us. He gives us more and more and more of himself every time we go back to him. So Father, I just pray that you would lead us in your ways. I pray that you'd speak to us through truth that every single one of us is loved by you no matter where we've been and what we've done it's your grace and your love and your kindness that reaches out to us calls us by name says I love you you're worthy you are seen you are special. You are mine. Nothing can separate you from my love. And as you embrace that, as we begin to worship, if, if there's anyone that feels like Reuben said, that you need that touch, you need and want to be seen by God and affirmed by God or others, come forward for prayer. And then, simultaneously to that, God 